So I just find it funny how you can go in with what you think it all should be and these ideas, but sometimes there's other plans for you. There's lots of things that has not worked along the way, and I've had to listen and kind of let go. Welcome to Career Relaunch, the podcast focused on helping you create a more fulfilling career. My name is Joseph Liu, and I'm here to help you gain the clarity, confidence, and courage to overcome the challenges of making changes to your career so you can do more meaningful work and enjoy your professional life. In each episode, I feature people who have stepped off the beaten path to reinvent their careers and successfully make a major career pivot. We talk through their unique personal stories, the challenges they overcame, and the lessons they learned along the way to help you take the brave steps needed to relaunch your own career. Today, my guest is going to explain how she relaunched her career from being an independent artist to the founder of a community that supports female artists. We'll discuss being okay with imperfection and allowing yourself to move away from your original plans. Afterwards, during today's Mental Fuel, I'll share one of the plans I had for my own business that didn't end up panning out. Today, I'm speaking with Jamie Smith, an artist, educator, events producer, and founder of Thrive Art Studio in Vancouver that provides community and support for female artists through their mastermind program, talks, art school courses, and podcast. Now, we decided to connect after my guest from episode 20, Sandeep Johal, someone who's part of Jamie's Thrive community, recommended we speak. Jamie's going to talk about the importance and power of community, but also how to think through some of the common challenges we all face when pivoting in our careers. Jamie spoke with me from Vancouver, Canada. Well, hello, Jamie, and welcome to Career Relaunch. I am very excited to hear about your time as an artist and how you created a community for artists. But what I'd love to do is just get started by having you tell us a little bit more about what you're focused on right now in your career and your life. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to be here. So at the moment right now, I am focused on Thrive, so Thrive Art Studio, and I have a wonderful business partner, Tara, and we've made our goal this year is to just keep making our mastermind program. It's exciting, and so we're moving a little bit more into the education world with it, and yeah, so it's a big year. Great. Well, can you just tell me a little bit more about the mission of Thrive? We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about that as we progress through this conversation, but would just love to hear a little bit more about the setup and also your mission. Thrive is for female artists, gender neutral, gender binary, and gender fluid artists. And we created Thrive to support them in their journey of becoming or being professional artists. And we have a mastermind program. So that's our main focus. And they sign up for a year and meet every month to talk about the ups and downs and give each other support. So that's our main focus. And then with that, we have a podcast, we do talks in Vancouver, and we have an online program as well. So lots going on, but our main focus is just to create that community in a space where I saw there wasn't any. Well, that's a perfect segue, Jamie, into what you were doing before you created this community at Thrive. Can you just tell us a little bit more about what you're up to as an independent artist and go back in time and then we can move forward from there? I was a high school art teacher and I decided to pursue my dream of being an artist, a professional artist. And I worked really hard for that. And then when the dream was a reality, I actually realized that the dream of being an artist is 
it's amazing, but it's quite lonely. So I had my studio and I was making work and I was selling work, but I found I was alone working a lot. And I didn't have a big network at this time in Vancouver where I had chosen to to live and pursue this. So I was always trying to reach out to other artists and build a bit of a network and see what was going on. But I found it really hard that there was no direction how to do this. So at the time, I teasingly called what I was doing. We called them lady dates. And I would just reach out to other artists that I admired and and also were at were doing what I was doing and ask them for coffee and chat about the ups and downs because being an artist there's no one way of doing it there's actually too many ways <laughs> it's overwhelming so these people in my life were coming in and really helping me realize that I wasn't alone other people were doing this as well and that I could be successful so this was all happening. And then I got a bigger studio space. And I thought, what if I brought all these amazing women that I had met during this time together in one room? What would happen? (laughs) What magic could we create? And so that's how Thrive really started. It was six artists and we came together. And one thing I think that really made a difference in this whole journey is that night I said at the table, you know, tonight we're gathered here, not as competitors, but we're gathered here as community. That thread has grown with us as Thrive has grown. And it's the real key, I think, is that we had to shift out of this idea of starving artists and this idea of lack and that there wasn't enough to go around. And instead of building each other up and thinking, you know, if one woman in the arts goes further, it's a win for us all. How would you describe the level of competition as an artist? Because I think you're getting to a really interesting point there that I hear a lot when people are talking about this difference between a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset, where the scarcity mindset is you're my competitor and any sort of business or sale that you make is a piece of business or a sale that I don't get to make. Can you just give us a sense of like how competitive is it in the world of art and what was that like for you? Exactly what you're saying, this mindset of lack. And I think there's a good reason that artists feel this way. And that is we've grown up in a place where the idea of artist is the stereotype is a white male who toils away in the studio to then later in the afterlife or when they're quite a bit older is like to find fame and fortune. And there's not a lot of room for someone. Well, I felt like me, like a young woman who wanted, I really wanted a quote unquote normal life. Um, just in the sense of like, I wanted stability. I wanted a partner. I want a family. And I really wasn't sure how I fit into that stereotype. So that's one thing happening for artists is we come from this idea of the starving artist. And then you're thrown into a world where at art school, you learn all about how to think about art and talk about art, but no one's teaching you how to sell your art, how to run a small business. And then 
there's also this idea that you're a sellout if you're going to commercial with your work. So there's just a lot of things happening for artists aside from being an artist and making great work is a whole journey on its own. Then we throw in a layer of competition, which is, you know, it's really hard to sell work and how do I do that? And then it's just a really complicated place to be. So I figured with Thrive, let's take away even the idea of competition. And of course, we're always going to compare ourselves and look around us and with Instagram and all these things around us. I'm sure it exists. And I feel jealous sometimes too, but our real philosophy is looking at jealousy as a way of what is it bringing up and how do you want to go further and make your work better and, and, maybe that feeling of jealousy is because you really do want to show here and that's a great thing to know and then and use that as fuel. So we're just trying to shift a lot of these mindsets and especially for women to build confidence so that you can go further because actually there's very little competition in art because each artist has their own voice and what they're putting out in the world actually can't be replicated. And so as long as you stay focused on what you're doing and build a really strong business foundation, there is no competition, but it's just hard to know how to do that. Now, when we spoke before, Jamie, we talked about how you felt like there was this need that you had in your own professional life as an artist, which was to have this support around you. And so you went off and you decided to create this community called Thrive. And I'd love to dive into this a little bit more and break it down a little bit. How exactly did you go about creating the group? I know you already mentioned that you brought together some individuals who started to meet and chat, but when did this shift from being this sort of casual thing to being something a little bit more formalized and how did you make that happen? So in my own journey of figuring out where I kind of belonged as an artist, I had joined a mastermind group for entrepreneurs. And I got pretty involved in the entrepreneurial world because I saw pretty quick that I actually had to learn a lot of business skills. So when I was part of this group, I saw the power of it and I saw how each person was helping each other out. But I did feel different and the art world operates in a very different way. And there's a lot of factors going on there that I don't think apply to a normal business model. And so, yeah, I just felt like an outsider. So when I decided to bring these six women together, and that was just going to be this casual evening, I just saw that I was like, oh, this is a mastermind group. Like this could be that. And so these ideas were happening. But at the time I had also started doing talks out of my studio. So Thrive Talks. And I believed that these were my calling and that these talks were going to be the TED Talks for women in the arts. And so I just find it funny how you can go in with what you think it all should be and these ideas, but sometimes there's other plans for you. And I remember the very first website I had that I'd thrown together, all it said for Thrive Mastermind was a little note on the website that said, a group that meets monthly, the group is full. <laughs> like it was so uh -huh. <laughs> bad. But at the talks where, you know, I was talking about these talks and stuff, but 
as we were going on, I just kept getting emails from artists and other women that had said, you know, I heard about this group. I'm wondering what it's all about. And so I started to listen and I started to see the need here. And so I decided to start one more just to see, okay, these are the women before they were my friends. So of course they like me and support me. So then I started one with just six strangers and that worked. And so part of this whole journey for me is, is learning to listen and then to make adjustments. And it's been two and a half years. And in many ways it looks from the outside, like it's, it has grown a lot, you know, we're at 175 members now from those six, but everything I've done has actually been a very slow, okay, I'll try this and then I'll adjust and then I'll try this. And there's lots of things that has not worked along the way. And I've had to listen and kind of let go. Like it was very hard for me to let go of the talks. Uh, We still do them, but it's just funny. We can get in our own way a lot. (laughs) I know you mentioned the talks didn't quite work out. Would you be willing to share another aspect of the community building that you thought was going to work out, but actually in the end was something that kind of flopped? So another thing that I was determined is that I thought there should be a Thrive Retreat. So like a weekend away where you just have this time to talk shop and and grow. And I just pushed for this retreat. It was supposed to happen last year in like January. And it was going to be in Squamish, which is in outside of Vancouver. But like who wants to go to Squamish in January? It's freezing. And it was just such a hard sell. And we had like two people sign up (laughs) and I was so crushed. I just believed that this was so needed. And now I'm so grateful that never worked out because I do not want to run retreats. That is so not what we're about now. I think failure is a wonderful thing because you can get really good at failing and I fail way better now. I fail way quicker and I fail and I get back up way quicker now. So I'm a great failure. <laughs> so that's really interesting, this idea of failing quickly and also bouncing back. Do you have any tips on how you managed to do that? Because that sounds great, the idea of being able to have something not work out and to just brush it off quite quickly. And I'm just thinking about myself. I'm not always great at doing that. Any insights on the best way to do that? I used to want everything to look perfect. And especially when I started building a community, all of a sudden I had an audience and that's a beautiful thing, but that's also very scary with this retreat, especially like I wrote the entire programming before we even talked about it because I believed that I had to know what we were doing if I was going to sell the retreat. Now, when I have an idea, I get a lot of them. I put it out to the community before anything has been done, like any time has been spent on it. And then I listen. And that has changed everything for me because I'm too close to it. And I think I know what people want, but these are individual people and and they have needs and say. And so now I look at the community as a place of co-creation. So we have you know, our meetings are in person or online, and then we have an online platform that we use. And that's where ideas are shared and people are making connections. And and that platform has shifted so much over what I thought originally it was going to be. 
just having, you know, whether it's a newsletter or Instagram or whatever you have that you like, it's kind of a brave enough to say, Hey, I have this idea. What do you think? So I've started doing that more and not putting so much effort and time because that's when the failure hits you hard. (laughs) And I've been there. Sometimes I just have to see an idea through. So I still do it where I have to just go through the idea. But I think I'm getting better at deciding what ideas I have to take all the way through and what ones I can just put out there and accept and listen to the results, not push it. And just a couple more questions about community building, because this idea of creating a community sounds fantastic. And yet I would imagine that in addition to maybe some of these ideas that didn't work out, that it obviously has some challenge that's involved with bringing a lot of people together. Would you mind just sharing what you found to be the hardest part about creating this community for female artists? A big block I had for a long time was it kind of goes back to standing in our own way is that I had this idea that if artists were brought into my community, I had to help them reach all their goals. And I was taking on all these things. And it was the people piece. Like it was just like, this is a person who has goals and I have to help them get there. And I was putting all this stuff on my shoulders and that was really paralyzing. And so now figuring and looking at what was happening, I started to see there's so much magic in the community supporting each other. And it's not about me. So I found a real struggle in letting go. And the whole idea of Thrive, it's peer-to-peer mentorship and community. And that's not about Jamie Smith, (laughs) the leader of the gang. Just really accepting that and then working hard, I look at my role now. My role is just to create a structure that everyone within it can get different aspects of what they need. Any idea we have, it's figuring out, okay, what's the organizational piece that would allow someone to contribute, to gain knowledge they need, or to participate in some way? Shifting my role has been actually a really interesting journey for me. I think this concept of creating what you need is really powerful. What do you think stops more people from doing this? Because obviously there seems like there had been some sort of a need for a community. And I'm just wondering, what do you think stands in the way of people going out and creating these sort of resources that they need? It's just time and it takes away from what you're doing. So for example, for me, I've had a real journey of figuring out who I am as an artist now, because building community, all of this has taken full focus, full-time effort the way I've done it. I don't think that to build community, you don't have to do what I've done, which is really take it on. You can build community by reaching out to friends, to going to events together every month. Like community to me means a lot of different things. But I think what stops people is this piece of someone's got to be the leader. Someone's got to take ownership and organize, especially in the arts. I see a lot of initiatives fail because there has to be an exchange. So the leader or the organizer has to feel whether that's social value or a better life for them 
for me, it came down to money. So I charged for this service because I had also done free stuff in the past, like an art walk that I volunteered and was happy to do. But I saw very quickly that if Thrive was going to be sustainable and I was going to give up a lot of time and away from art time, then I had to make it a business. So that for me has worked. I've just decided to extend my timeline on the artist that I set out to be. I don't paint the way I used to. I have a specific time every month that I paint four days a month. And right now that's awesome. I love it. But, you know, a lot of artists I know, like they would never want to give away painting time to be organizing community. But I find this very creative. It brings out my entrepreneurial spirit. It brings out my teaching spirit. So I actually feel like I've really found my purpose in this, but I think a lot of people, their purpose is in the painting, so they shouldn't be taking away from that to build community. They should just find a community and support it. And that's what I really ask people is if you want community, you don't have to make it, but just show up and give encouragement to people that are willing to do it because it's a lot of time. Well, that is a great lead in, Jamie, to this balance between helping others versus focusing on yourself. And as I'm listening to you talk about this, I guess sometimes I feel this weird paradox myself, because especially when I got started out as a career coach, I was doing a lot of one-on-one coaching work. And I was sometimes coaching people trying to start their own businesses on the very things that I was struggling with myself. And so I'm just wondering, how do you go about balancing helping others with managing your own artistic ambitions? I had to let go of some goals that I had set in the beginning days. And I realized that I was so set on those goals that I was ignoring that my life had changed drastically and that I had been focused on something else, Thrive. You know, we talk about this a lot at Thrive is like, don't let goals run you. It's okay to let those go and say, those no longer serve me. Goals are supposed to be something that serves you. You know, before it was all about selling my work. It was about getting certain shows. And now my only goal as an artist is to make great work. And because I don't have to put the money piece on my art right now, I've put that on to thrive. Letting go and then shifting the timeline and just saying, you know, I have 10 years to do this is very different than how I was feeling when I first started Thrive, where it was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to keep going as an artist and get to all these places I wanted to go in five years? And now I have 10 and I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I can do that. I think it's a balancing act. And sometimes I'm not as okay with it as I am right now, but then I just have to look and really adjust of like, why? Like there's usually things that come up and usually that has a piece of maybe jealousy or, or a piece of like, Oh, I really wanted that opportunity. And it's, it's like, okay, just like write that down. And that's now a goal for later. That's really interesting. I definitely suffer from having these rigid goals that put incredible pressure on me from these self-imposed deadlines. And I don't know, I don't even know where they came from. And so I think this is a good reminder that it's important to let your goals flex and to also just remind yourself that you actually have a choice about which goals you want to go after. I had a mentor say to me, he's like, look at your to-do list and give yourself the gift of just taking three things off of it. 
And at <laughs> right. first I was like, no, that's my to-do list. Right. And he's like, no, take three things off. So I try to do that and I actually trim down my goals in the same way. We would do the things that are the most important if they were. And so there, if a goal has been sitting there just staring at you and you haven't done it, it's probably because deep down it's not important. So just X that thing off. So I like that a lot. I try to do it. <laughs> This actually reminds me, I did want to also ask you, since we have been talking so much about support, what sort of tools or resources do you use to stay on track with your own career goals? Yeah, so I love Asana, which is a task management program, and it's free. And I just think it's so amazing when these great tech companies offer things like this for free. I have a business partner, Tara Galeska, who's an artist. And then we have three interns that are amazing. So we do all our tasks and everything on there and we love it. And then the other thing that saved my life is canva.com. And it's a free Photoshop service. And it's what we use to make everything look really professional. So especially if you're not the artsy type, it makes your marketing look awesome. So I would highly recommend those two resources. Well, I'd love to wrap up, Jamie, with what you're doing right now and was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about your Thrive Mastermind group. And I understand you've got an upcoming intake. Yeah, so we do intakes in May, September and February. And we have our applications open all the time. But intakes just mean that that's when meetings start. So you would start a year with us from that time. So we have an application on our website at thriveartstudio.com and artists can go there. There's a little video we had made and tells you all about the program. I have a conversation with all our artists and we make sure that we can support you and your goals and then get started. So it's an exciting time. I love the new intakes because it's new artists and it's so exciting. All right. Well, where can people go, Jamie, if they want to find out more about you or find out more about Thrive? Thrive, everything is Thrive Art Studio. So we spend a lot of time on Instagram and our website. And we also have a podcast, which is a little mini mastermind meeting. So if you're wondering what I'm talking about, that's a great resource. And then my art can all be found at Jamie Smith Studio on Instagram. And I just got a new website made, which is me investing in my artist self, which has really been really important to me the last little while. Great. Very exciting. Well, Jamie, thanks so much for telling us more about your life as an artist and being okay with imperfect ideas, the importance of community, and also a good reminder that you sometimes have to let your goals just evolve. So best of luck with Thrive, and I hope the people you support continue to do great work out there. Thank you so much for having me and have a great day. So I hope you enjoyed hearing Jamie's thoughts on allowing your goals to evolve, moving forward with imperfect ideas, and dealing with situations when things don't go as planned. Now it's time to wrap up with today's mental fuel, where I'm going to share an example of an idea that flopped in my own business. Before we get to today's mental fuel, I'd like to thank Audible for supporting this episode of Career Relaunch. Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks, offering over 180,000 audiobook titles for listening anytime and anywhere on your favorite device. And for listeners of this show, they're offering a free audiobook download and 30-day trial. Just go to audibletrial.com slash career relaunch to download your free audiobook today. This is the part of the show called Mental Fuel, where I finish the show with a brief personal story related to one of the topics we covered today and wrap up with a simple challenge to help you move forward with your own career goals. 
So for today's mental fuel, I wanted to piggyback on one of the things Jamie mentioned about not letting goals run you, about how it's okay to let go of the original ideas you had for your career. And since Jamie was honest enough to share some of the things that didn't work out for her, I thought I'd tell you about an idea I quickly let go of related to my own business. So when I thought about launching my own career consultancy, I got a lot of different pieces of advice about how much planning I needed to do before making the leap. On one side, I had people telling me that I should just start somewhere, the approach I generally recommend to most of my clients right now. But on the other side, I had a lot of people, mostly folks who came from more of a business background like I, saying I needed to have some clear goals and a business plan in place, at least the potential streams of income, outreach, and growth plan. And as someone who's a planner by nature and someone who'd been working for many years in the corporate world where you generally have to have a buttoned up plan before getting approval to launch anything, the idea of having some clear plans and goals made sense to me. So while I didn't end up writing out a full business plan per se, I did have plenty of spreadsheets planning out my pricing income projections, and types of services I was going to offer. And by the time I was ready to turn my side gig of career coaching into my full-time job, I definitely had a fairly specific vision of how I wanted my business to look. But just picking up on what Jamie talked about related to listening to what happens after you launch, I very quickly began to see that my idea of how my business should look didn't match up with reality. I'll give you a quick example First, like Jamie, I actually saw an opportunity and need to have some sort of community, in my case, to help people navigating career change. So one of my services would focus on hosting events in London where I would invite people to join me for these evenings to help people navigate career change, kind of part information and part networking. And so in mid-2014, a few months into doing career consulting full-time, I thought a good time to launch these events would be a few weeks after I gave my TEDx talk to build off of the momentum of that talk. So I found a great venue in central London, created little mini invitation cards I gave to everyone I crossed paths with, advertised the event on my website, told a bunch of my contacts about the event, set up a LinkedIn group, organized a panel of featured speakers for the first event, and even arranged catering. I was super excited about the prospect of creating these regular events where I would bring together like-minded professionals to support and provide companionship to one another, and at the same time to build my own influence in the career change space. I had this vision of a really vibrant relaunch community emerging. After a ton of work, on the evening of my first event, 23 people showed up. And that's not too bad for a turnout at a first event, but I had spent a ton of time and effort organizing it. I'm not sure how many people I thought would come, but definitely more than 23. So when I showed up that night and looked out into the quiet audience of people, kind of awkwardly sat in a circle of chairs for the panel, I was a little disappointed. And there was just something about how the night transpired that felt a little forced. Also, kind of surprisingly, I just didn't enjoy the event as much as I thought I would. I'm not even sure why. I just didn't. So halfway through the night, actually in the middle of the career panel I was moderating, I decided that doing another event like this wouldn't be worth it. And since then, I haven't organized another event. So that's an example of one of my ideas that completely flopped. And an example of a time 
when I allowed myself to very quickly fail and to let go of a specific goal instead of rigidly clinging onto it, something we talked about back in episode 23 with Chriselle Hartson Hurley of Dropbox in the episode about redesigning your goals. So failure for me is never fun, and having one of my ideas flop is never fun. But giving myself the room to quickly walk away from one idea ended up opening up some space for me to pursue another. Although I let go of the event idea, I didn't let go of the community idea. I also continued to believe that having some sort of companionship is helpful, especially when you're stepping off the beaten path in your career. About a year later, I started to toy with the idea of creating this very podcast as a way of providing this companionship to people like you. And now, exactly four years after that event flopped, I'm coming up to the 40th episode of this podcast, and producing this podcast is something I really enjoy, and I feel like it actually allows me to reach even more people than I would have if I had continued to try and host those events. So I'm telling you all this, first of all, to let you know that I've had my fair share of ideas fail. We all have. And I'm also telling you this because I just want to remind you that you can always choose to step off of one path in your career to pursue something else. Now, maybe changing career directions wasn't something you had originally planned to do at this very moment. Maybe you feel like the timing to switch gears isn't optimal. Maybe you wanted to first fulfill some sort of obligation before pursuing something else. Or maybe you just had one more thing you wanted to cross off your to-do list before you moved on. But, If there's another opportunity, idea, or career path that actually excites you a lot more, one that you feel holds much more promise and potential, I think you owe it to yourself to go after it, which means you may have to let go of those original plans you had for yourself. This takes me to a quote from the chef Kat Cora. Even when you have doubts, take that step. Take chances. Mistakes are never a failure. They can be turned into wisdom. So my challenge to you is to consider that suggestion Jamie's mentor suggested to her about taking something off of your to-do list. What's something that's been stubbornly stuck on your to-do list for months now and going nowhere? How about giving yourself permission to drop it? Not necessarily for the sake of giving up, but so you can focus and invest your energies on something you know matters more. Before we go today, I just wanted to share this kind review from a listener in the U.S. who goes by CoolGirl1585 on iTunes. She wrote, I've been listening to Career Relaunch since the podcast launched, and I've checked out plenty of other career books and stories. Nothing gets as real as these stories. Your work and the stories you've shared have been very helpful and inspirational. Well, cool girl, 1585, it's always great to hear from someone who's been a listener since the very start of this show. I do try to feature everyday people who are relatable and real, and I'm really happy to hear you've found their stories helpful to your own career journey. If you're interested in sharing your thoughts with me about the show, I'd love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts at careerrelaunch.net slash review. Even better yet, you can leave a voicemail for me at careerrelaunch.net slash voicemail. I love hearing from listeners like you to get your feedback on the show or topics you want to hear more about on the show. Now, if you want to get a summary of all the ideas and notes from today's show or learn more about our guest, Jamie, visit careerrelaunch.net slash 39. Coming up next time is our 40th episode. 
So I'll be sharing a few highlights from the first season of the podcast, some news about the podcast, and also inviting you to help shape one of our future episodes. Thanks so much for being part of the Career Relaunch community, and a special thanks again to Jamie Smith for sharing her story with us today. This episode was mixed by Richard Pennington. Electrocardiogram wrote and performed our original theme song. I'm Joseph Liu, and I'll see you next time.